Welcome, welcome. This is Pastor Brian uh, from Chapel of Change, and I'm grateful that you're able to join us for worship, prayer, and now the study of God's Word. It is a joy to be able to uh, study God's Word with you every Sunday, including Thursday with Pastor Laura's Soul Care. Uh, I want to invite you to turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Uh, we've been turning to this portion of this chapter for the last two weeks, and we're learning some powerful stuff. We're learning some powerful stuff that is strengthening our faith and strengthening our soul. Let's turn to Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Now I'm going to read this passage of scripture, and then we'll jump into uh, some of the things that uh, we will learn this morning. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, New King James Version. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now I want you to notice that the scripture says she suffered many things, many things, right? So the devil threw everything at her, including the kitchen sink. I want you to notice that she also suffered uh, from the physicians who um, are supposed to be trusted people. So in other words, people took advantage of her, trusted people uh, took advantage of her. And then I want you to notice that she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. In other words, she tried to fix her own problem. And in doing so, she didn't make it better, but she made it worse. Look at verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Look at verse 29. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Notice that phrase. She felt in her body. Now, sometimes, every once in a while, God will do something inside of you or do something in your life that you can't explain with words, but you just know that you know that you know that he done something special in your life. Every, every once in a while, God will surprise you with the blessing that you cannot describe with words. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now look at verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. I love that about this sister. She was courageous enough to be transparent uh, before the Savior. She told him the whole 
truth, right? Deliverance starts when we get real with God, right? Deliverance starts when we become authentic uh, before God. And I got some news for you. God knows everything anyways. He's just waiting for you to come clean. Last verse, verse 34, it says, And Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Powerful words uh, from our Lord Jesus Christ. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Go in peace. Go in peace. Wow. That's a beautiful picture of tranquility uh, and, and peace in her soul. For that sister, at that moment, her war with life had ceased. Jesus brought her peace. Now, we are going to dive into uh, part three of our study on unstoppable faith, unstoppable faith. And we are learning uh, what it looks like to have faith that cannot be stopped. That's what we're learning, uh, what it looks like to have faith that doesn't stop worshiping the Lord, that doesn't stop praising God, that doesn't stop serving the Lord, that doesn't stop singing unto God. What does it look like to have unstoppable faith. And we're learning in Mark chapter 5 uh, from the testimony of this special sister. Uh, she had a powerful testimony of perseverance. She had a, a powerful testimony of endurance. Uh, for the Bible teaches uh, that she had suffered for 12 long years. She suffered for 12 long years years. It's one thing to have a bad day. It's one thing to have a bad week, but it's a whole different level when you have a bad decade, right? And she suffered for 12 long years. She suffered physically. She suffered financially, and she even suffered emotionally. In fact, I would suggest to us that her emotional affliction uh, was serious. Her emotional affliction was heavy, uh, culturally, when you had this particular sickness in these particular days, uh, you were labeled as unclean, unclean, and you literally had to quarantine yourself. So for 12 years, this sister was quarantined. Some of us knows what it feels like to be quarantined, right? Some of us have been quarantined for the last year, or some of you spent 14 days being quarantined, and you were, you were, felt like you were losing your mind. You felt like you were going steer crazy, right? But this sister was quarantined for 12 long years. And I, I know how it feels uh, to be isolated. I know how it feels to be, in a sense, quarantined. Uh, all the years that I did in prison, I spent many years in a cell. And I know how it feels to be all by yourself. I know how it feels to be isolated. This sister, uh, she couldn't she couldn't touch nobody for 12 years. Uh, she, if she was married, she couldn't touch her husband for 12 years. If she had kids, she couldn't hug her kids for 12 years. This affliction depleted her of all that she had. 
It depleted her. She, she felt depleted, right? No doubt. Uh, she felt drained. No doubt. She felt emotionally uh, drained and taxed. And her spirit was vexed for 12 long years. Yet we see in her this unstoppable faith. That's what we're looking at. We see in her this unstoppable faith that, that, that causes her not to quit, not to throw in the towel. We, we see in her this unstoppable faith that has the tenacity to keep pushing towards Jesus until she gets her breakthrough, her healing. We're learning. We're learning from her testimony. Let me pull out. Two major reflections from her testimony uh, for our edification uh, as we study together this powerful story. The first thing that I want us to see uh, in this story is that God shuts down all earthly options. God shuts down all earthly options. Listen to verse 26. It says, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Now notice, before she turned to Jesus, she turned to many doctors. Notice, she spent all that she had on many doctors. This, this speaks of the high level of trust that she placed in man before God. That's what that speaks of. She put this high level trust in man before God. It appears on the surface of the story that, that, that God was last, um, as, as an option. That, that it appears that God was her last option. She, she went through, she went to all the doctors she could and then she turned to God. The original language speaks of she wasted her money on many doctors. She wasted her money on many doctors. Now, if you go to man before you go to God, it's really a big waste of time. If you, if you go to man before you go to God, it's a waste. It's an act in futility, right? It's an exercise in futility. It's a, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. And for her, it was also a waste of her money. Uh, perhaps, perhaps it took her so long to be healed uh, because she waited so long to turn to God. Think about that for a second. Perhaps it took her so long to be healed, 12 years, because she waited so long to turn to God. Turning to people before you turn to God is also an exercise in frustration. It's an exercise in frustration. You know why? People will let you down. People will let you down. The Bible warns us of this in Isaiah uh, chapter 31, verse 1. It says, what sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help? Egypt represented a nation, it represented people. Trusting their horses, 
chariots and charioteers and depending on the strength of human armies instead, get this, of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. What, what sorrow awaits those who put their trust in man? What sorrow awaits those who put their eyes on man instead of the Lord, the Holy One of Israel? Now, friends, we would save lots of time and we would save lots of heartache if we just turn to God before we turn to man. We would save lots of time. We would save lots of heartache if we just turn to God before we turn to man. The cold reality is, friends, that mankind is guilty of, of making God their last option. We're, we're guilty. We're guilty of making God our last option. People try all sorts of cures uh, for their issues. Some people turn to uh, alcohol to try to soothe their pain. Some people turn to drugs to try to soothe their pain. Some people uh, turn to relationships. That's a big one right there. People think, if I just get in the right relationship, my, my heart will be full. If I just get in the right relationship, I'll feel fulfilled. And, and they put people in place of God or before God and they end up broken hearted. Some people turn to money. Some people turn to money before they turn, turn to God. Uh, that's why it's hard uh, for rich people to turn to God because they still believe they have a lot of options. Even if they fall into problems, they, they, they feel like they have a lot of options. Whenever you feel like you have a lot of options, it's going to be hard for you to turn to God. Perhaps that's why when God presents himself in the Bible, he tends to describe himself also. Perhaps that's why. In the Bible, when God presents himself, he tends to describe himself. For example, in Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verse 11, God says, I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior, right? He, he's making it plain. He says, I am, I am the Lord, right? And apart from me is no Savior. He also says, God, in Isaiah 45, verse 22, he says, I invite the whole world to turn to me and be saved. I alone am God. No others are real. There, there ain't no one like me. I alone am your Savior. I alone am God. God describes himself. He describes himself so that we can know there's no help like his help. There's no help like his help. There's no better option than him in this world. We used to, there's an old gospel song. We even used to sing it in prison. that said, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. There's no better option than God in this world. In fact, Psalms 118 verse 9 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to depend, depend on human leaders. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put our faith in human leaders. All throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, the Bible spends a lot of time warning us about putting our trust in man and urging us to put our trust in God. The Bible spends a lot of time warning us. For example, in Psalms 
146, verse 3, it says, Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. Again, in Psalms 108, verse 12, it says, uh, he cries out, he says, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. The Bible spends lots of time warning us. Don't put your faith in man. Don't put your trust in man. But put your trust in God. And sometimes, I would suggest to us in our study today, that sometimes God shuts down all earthly options to get us to turn to him. Sometimes he does that. Sometimes he shuts down all earthly options so that we can finally turn to him. So friend... If you find yourself out of options, don't despair. You are just right for the Lord. If you find yourself out of friends, you're just right for the Lord. If you find yourself out of, out of money, you're just right for the Lord. I remember when I was in a prison cell and I was cut off from society. I was reading the book and I remember the statement that, that stuck with me and it was a powerful statement that I read. It said that a, a person is in a great place when all he can turn to is God. A person is in a great place when all he can turn to is God. Maybe you find yourself all alone. Maybe you find yourself out of options. Maybe it's a divine setup so that you could call upon the, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Listen, I have learned that faith kicks in the strongest when all earthly options fail. I've learned that about faith. Faith kicks in the strongest when all earthly options fail. How many of you know that God can take you farther than money? How many know that God is stronger than any type of uh, human strength? How many know that God is smarter than Google? Listen, you may find yourself cut off from somebody or something. You might find yourself right now isolated. Faith kicks in the strongest when all other options fail. Maybe God is aligning your life to to to. To, to challenge you to finally and sincerely, with all your heart, call upon his mighty name. For the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, in my 16 years in prison, uh, I spent 16 years in prison from 1992 to 2008, when in, when it went in when I was 16 years old released miraculously by the Lord when I was 32 years old. But in the span of that 16 years, there were several times where I was cut off completely from the world. Cut off. There, there was times where I was cut off from people. I was cut off from money. I was cut off from resources. I was cut off from family. There were times where I was cut off from the sun. There was time when I was cut off, like there was months that I didn't even see the sun. I was cut off from everything and I didn't know it then, but I know it now that it was during those times that God was teaching me to trust him above everybody else. That's where I learned to trust God when I was cut off. And listen, I'm going to tell you what they told me. A person is in a great place when all he or she can turn to is God. The second thing I want us to see 
in this story uh, today is that she talked herself into believing. She talked herself into believing. Notice in verse 28, it says, For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Notice what it says in verse 28. For she said, she said. Now, in the original Greek language, which the New Testament was written in, uh, it reads, she kept on saying. She kept on saying. That's what it says in the original language. She kept on saying. She kept on saying. Now, remember, in verse 27, it says she heard the things concerning Jesus. Before, before she moved towards Jesus, the Bible says in verse 27, she heard the things concerning Jesus. Well, what did she hear? Well, I would suggest to you that she heard the testimonies of Jesus' power in the life of other people. I would suggest to you that she heard testimonies of people saying, I'm healed. Jesus healed me. Jesus delivered me. Jesus set me free. Jesus saved me. And as she heard these testimonies of faith begin to kind of bubble up inside of her and she was exposed by hearing these testimonies to the great promises of God. When she heard these testimonies, she was exposed to the great promises of God. And get this, I want to tie something together to, to help her heart believe, to help her heart believe in the promises of God, she started to preach to herself. To help her heart believe, she started preaching to herself the promises of God. Listen, beloved, when it says in verse 28, uh, she, she kept saying, she kept saying, if I just touch him, I'll be made well. She kept saying, if I just touch him, I'll be healed. What is she doing? She's preaching to herself the promises of God. What is she doing? She's strengthening her heart to believe in the promises of God. She's, she's talking herself into believing. What a powerful testimony. What a powerful testimony uh, from this sister. If I just touch him, I would be made healed. I would, I would be healed. What is she doing? What is she doing? She's talking herself into believing. She's talking herself into believing. Now you say, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, let me break it down a little bit uh, more. Listen, the promises of God are so big. And often our hearts are so broken that it's hard for us to initially believe the great promises of God. Let's keep it real. Let's, let's talk like family. Um, the, because the promises of God are so big... And because our heart has been let down and our heart has been broken, right, many times, disappointed, when we first come across the great promises of God, very few people just immediately start believing all the great promises of God. Very few people. So it takes time. It takes time. Oftentimes, we need to convince ourselves, right? We have to convince our own hearts 
to believe God's promises because our hearts have been beat up. Our hearts have been let down. Our hearts have been broken. I know, I know this sounds crazy, but, but that's what I do with you every weekend. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what I do with you every weekend. What am I doing when I'm teaching the word? What, what am I doing when I'm teaching the word? In effect, I'm trying to convince you to believe God's promises. That's what I'm doing when I, when I teach God's word, when I preach God's word. In effect, I'm trying to convince you to believe God's promises. But listen, you can't wait for Sunday uh, to have your faith reinforced. You got to be your own preacher at times. You can't just wait till Sunday to have your faith reinforced. You got to be your number one preacher. You have to be your number one preacher. Not me, not T.D. Jakes, not whoever else you listen to. You have to be your number one preacher. You got to speak and you got to repeat the promises of God over your life. Hear me today. You're not going to just, you know... Be exposed to the promises of God and start believing in one second. You got to speak and repeat the promises of God over your life to help your heart believe, to convince your heart to trust in the promises of God. This is a principle of unstoppable faith. A lot of people don't want to don't want to put in the work to have unstoppable faith. But this sister was so desperate that she was like, no, 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 no. She kept saying to herself, if I just touch him, I'll be healed. She kept saying to herself, if I just touch him, I will be healed. This is how we line up our hearts with the promises of God. This is also how we fight doubt. This is how we fight fear. This is how we fight disbelief. What are you saying to yourself? What are you talking to yourself? What, what, what are some of the things that you say to yourself? Don't act like you don't talk to yourself too, because I know you do. The key is to speak and repeat the promises of God over your life until your heart lines up with them. That's what she's doing when she kept saying, if I just touch them, I'll be made whole. Now, listen to this. One of my favorite scriptures is Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua was a young leader, and Moses had just died, and Joshua was about to take over the leadership of Moses, which was some big shoes to fill because Moses was like the greatest leader in the Old Testament. So you can imagine Joshua was intimidated. You could imagine there was some insecurity with Joshua. Joshua, But listen to what the Lord tells him in Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always. What's the book of the law? That's the word of God. That's the Bible. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Keep this book of the law on you, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Listen to what he says. He says, keep this book always on your lips, on your lips. 
meditate on it day and night. Listen, this word meditate in the Hebrew, it doesn't just mean to think. You know, in our English culture, we think meditate is just thinking, pondering. But in the Hebrew culture, this word meditate meant more than just think. It actually meant to recite. This word meditate meant to recite. It means to say over and over and over and over, to speak it over and over and over. And in one sense, that's what the woman with the issue of blood was doing when faith came alive in her heart. She kept saying, if I just touch them, I'll be healed. If I just touch them, I'll be healed. If I just touch them, I'll be healed. And eventually her heart blew up with unstoppable faith. She was her number one preacher. She was her number one preacher. Now, I remember um, when I was sentenced to life uh, in prison at the age of 17 years old, and eventually um, I surrendered my heart to the Lord Jesus. I bowed my heart to the Lord Jesus, surrendered my life to him, and I started to serve him. I remember as I began to serve the Lord Jesus and study the Bible, that I begin to find promises that God sets the prisoners free. I begin to find promises that God had the power uh, to set me free from prison. I begin to see promises that God would, didn't just have the power to set me free from prison, but he was also willing to set me free from prison. I begin to uh, find the promises in the Bible when I first surrendered to the Lord. But guess what? Guess what? I didn't just automatically start believing those promises. Oh, yeah, I may have said it. You know, I believe, I believe. But come on, who immediately, you know, you're in, you're, you have a life sentence, you're in prison, and somebody tells you God can set you free. You don't just automatically just start believing that. No, you may say, say it, but that's, no, that, that's not reality. But I'll tell you what I did start doing. I started confessing his word. I started speaking his word. I started doing unknowingly what this woman was doing in Mark chapter 5 and saying it over and over and over. The Lord is going to set me free. God sets uh, free the prisoners. The power of the Lord is on my side. And I begin to speak my freedom. In fact, I used to say, I'm a free man in Jesus' name. I'm a free man in Jesus' name. And listen, beloved, I begin to say the promises of God. I begin to recite uh, as Joshua says uh, the promises of God I begin to put the promises of God on my lips and I'll testify today that eventually eventually my brothers and sisters eventually man I started coming to a place where I was like wow I'm starting to believe this now wow I mean my heart began to get it took time but my heart began to get strengthened my heart began to get healed and all of a sudden in my heart I had this environment of faith and I begin to say man I'm believing it. I'm believing it. And I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew in my spirit that God was going to set me free. I didn't arrive to that place overnight. No, I had to do like this lady and just keep saying it. I had to become my number one preacher. I had to become, I remember I'd be in a cell. I'm a free man. I, I remember, thank you, Lord, for my freedom. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. Thank you, Lord, for my marriage. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my kids, right? I, I begin to thank God for my kids. I didn't even have kids, but I'll thank God for my kids, right? Over and over and over again. And listen, my brothers and sisters, here I am today. 
<laughs> Here I am today, 2021, sharing with you the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, beloved, unstoppable faith, unstoppable faith. Um, it keeps saying the word. It, it keeps saying the word. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. And remember, and remember, God oftentimes shuts down earthly options so that we can turn to him. Let me pray for you, friends. Maybe your faith has been uh, weary and you need God to strengthen your faith. If that's you, if you need God to strengthen your faith, I would invite you to just lift up your hands and I'm going to pray with you wherever you're at, whether you're in your living room, whether you're in your car, wherever you're watching this. I want to pray that God strengthen your faith. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody who lifted up their hands right now. I pray that you strengthen their faith, Father God. I pray, Father God, that your spirit touch their heart, Father God, that they too may be like this lady and speak the word over them. Just keep speaking it. Keep reciting the promises of God. I pray that you strengthen their faith, strengthen their mind, and strengthen their spirit, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, beloved, I pray that you were blessed by this study uh, as we look to the life of this sister and learn what unstoppable faith is all about. At this time, we're going to transition to prepare our hearts for our tithes and our offerings. We get this wonderful opportunity to give back to God. The Lord God calls us to live a generous lifestyle. The Lord God calls us to uh, empower his church. The Lord God calls us to feed the poor and to look out for those that, that don't have enough. And as we give today, as we give today, I want to challenge you to give your best gift unto the Lord. Wherever you're at, give your best gift unto the Lord. If you're part of Chapel of Change, I want to encourage you to start practicing the principle of tithing this year. Start practicing the principle of tithing. One of our pastors, Pastor Tino, preached an awesome message on tithing. Go to our YouTube page, Chapel of Change TV. Listen to that message. For the Bible teaches, as we, as we live a generous lifestyle and give back, we position ourselves for the windows of heaven to be opened up and God to pour out a blessing upon our life. I'm reminded of the testimony of Pastor Benny. He shared right with us uh, on online how several years ago he was going through a financial difficulty um, and there was a there was a while there he didn't have a job but he remained faithful in his giving he remained faithful into giving back to God and Pastor Benny testifies that today the Lord is opening up the windows of heaven upon his life and blessing him in so much he can't even carry it right and let me tell you something what God did for Pastor Benny he can do for you, for he's not a respecter of persons. So as you prepare to give your best gift unto the Lord, I want to remind you, you can give through several ways. You can give on our website, chapelofchange.org, chapelofchange.org. Hit the giving button and follow the simple instructions. You can give through mail. You can mail in your check at 6701 Alondra Boulevard, Paramount, California, 90723. Make your check out to Chapel of Change. If you want to give through your phone, there's a phone number you can give through your phone. Go to our website, chapelofchange.org, and it'll give you that instructions. Or if you want to give in person, 
We have five outdoor worship services on the weekends. Saturday, 5 p.m. in Whittier, 9 a.m. on Sunday in Carson, uh, 9.30 Sunday in Paramount, 11.30 in Paramount, 5 p.m. in Carson. You can give your offering in person. A couple special announcements to make. If you have not downloaded our church phone app, we want to stay connected to you. It has our latest teachings. It has our latest articles, and we're able to send you alerts, right? It's important that we stay connected. Go to our webpage, chapelofchange.org, and download our church phone uh, app today. Our prayer is that a 1,000 people download it, and uh, last I checked, we had about 560 people. Also, don't forget our Wednesday night prayer conference call. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, we connect through on the phone through prayer. Go to our webpage, front page, get that phone number, call in this Wednesday. And lastly, if you want to be a part of my text group, my text group, I want to send you a text once or twice a week. Text your name to 562-393-7330. That's 562-393-7330. I forgot one thing, some special announcement. We are preparing to relaunch our Long Beach campus. This is going to be a miracle. This is going to be exciting. And it's going to be a journey uh, to relaunch our Long Beach campus. We are starting with a Zoom vision cast meeting uh, the first Saturday of March. A, a Zoom vision cast meeting. So if you want to be a part of the relaunch of our Long Beach campus, I encourage you to text LB. Text LB to 562-393-7330. That's text LB to 562-393-7330. Get in on this miracle at the beginning because we're about to relaunch into the city of Long Beach. Now, it is my honor to dismiss with a blessing wherever you're at. I would encourage you to lift up your hands unto the Lord and we will dismiss with a blessing. Go ahead and lift up your hands unto the Lord. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you can live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who gives you unstoppable faith, may you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Brian. Hope to see you soon. We love you.